everyone, and welcome to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen, and as always, I'm joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards, and today we have Magic player May on the show. Thanks for coming aboard, guys. And just to review Orlando series against Cavs Legion GC from earlier this week, uh, the Magic got off to a solid start and were able to pull away in game one behind Reezy's 29 points and 10 assists. May and Toxic were superb defensively, uh, particularly in the third quarter when the Magic outscored the Cavs by seven. The Magic, however, were unable to carry that momentum into game two. Uh, Reezy had another big scoring performance with 37 points, while Strainer and O'Larry led Cleveland to the victory. Game three was similar as Strainer erupted for 33 points and O'Larry did most of his damage on the glass with 17 boards to defeat the Magic and claim the series. So Jonah, what went well and what didn't in this series against Cleveland? Well, I would say, um, you know, there was there were a lot more things that didn't go well than went well, unfortunately. Um, I would say one thing that was that was good, especially early on, was Reezy. Um, I think no question he he made a step up in his game uh, based on, you know, kind of his performance against Utah. I know he was disappointed in, in his own, you know, personal performance and uh, made it made it a point to, to have a better week this week and, and to just continue to improve. And I think we did see a bit of that. And that, that's awesome to see. Um, as well as, you know, I think that the, another shining light for us was was I think May actually had a, a great, especially game one, um, and just shows that he, he can continue to be an, an elite defender out of that out of that corner. So um, that that's what went well. I mean, as for what went what, what went poor, um, you know, I think our pick and roll defense was was not what it needs to be. Um, you know, I, anytime you see Strainer Strainer scoring that that number, it you know, I, obviously credit to him. He's he's a great player, and you know, obviously this is the second season in this league for a reason. Um, but that's not a traditional point guard type player. Uh, when that's happening, I think it, it almost says a little more about us and less about him. Um, so something we're, we're moving forward uh, trying to correct. Now, I know you've been considering making a lineup change, and that would potentially vault May into the center spot. Can you just touch on that a bit and how you see that shaking out going into next week's action? Well, yeah. So, um, you know, obviously there are lots of things that happen behind the scenes that, that no one can see, right? Obviously we're scrimmaging hours and hours every day. Um, we're, we're practicing a number of lineups. So we, we're, we're aware of what we think, um, you know, our best lineups can be and, you know, some of, some of the best people in, in each position. And I think there's no question that obviously we, we attained, uh, you know, we, we traded for May to, to have him play center for us. He has not been at center for us, obviously. And um, it's a priority of ours to get him back at center and, and try to see if we can get a lineup that can still be effective. So um, you, you'll see him at center moving forward. We'll see we'll see how it goes, but um, he, he will be making that transition for us. In May, center is your natural position. It's the position you played last season in Detroit. How excited are you to get back into a role that you are more accustomed to playing? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, my time at Power Forward was short-lived, but I enjoyed the challenges of, you know, just trying something completely different that I've never tried before, especially at the highest level. But moving forward, uh, I'm obviously excited to play the position I've always played um, in 2K since, like, 2K15. So uh, hopefully, you know, with the change we can – turn the season around and uh I've been just saying to everyone like we're on to Brooklyn kind of like like Bill Belichick did the year they won the Super Bowl he always was saying like we're on to Cincinnati when they had a slow start so I'm just 
I'm just excited moving forward. And for the listeners out there who may be unfamiliar with the NBA 2K League's build, uh, there is a pretty substantial difference between playing center and power forward in this game. May, can you elaborate on those distinctions, especially since you have experience playing both? Uh, well, for one, definitely like the speed of the player, because you go from a seven foot one player to a six foot ten player. Uh, so that's definitely one of the biggest differences. Like you sort of have different strengths and weaknesses. Like the power forward build, your player is going to be a lot weaker, but you can shoot. Where at center, the build that everyone uses, you just score in the paint, you defend the paint, and you typically guard pick and roll where power forward use guard corner so those are like some of the things I had to get used to when playing power forward just knowing my limits with the build and like just learning like how far I can go in certain situations like how far I can help but still have the corner defended so those were just things I would learn throughout my course at power forward Considering the Cavs did out-rebound the Magic in each of the three games, and with May being known as one of the league's premier rebounders, do you think, Jonah, that could be a huge boost for you guys moving forward, knowing that May is not only capable of pulling down many rebounds, but being very dominant in that aspect of the game? Yeah, I mean, there's no question that, that that's a big part of, of this change. Um, we know May is an elite rebounder. I don't think that's ever been in question, even even when you know we decided to move him to the four. It was almost a way to say, like, hey, a big part of you going to the four is the fact that you're still an incredible rebounder, and he's had some incredible rebounding games, even from power forward. So um, we, we have no doubt that, yeah, he's going to naturally move to center and, and probably still be able to grab 15, 16, 17 rebounds a game, um, and we'll – provide a, a ton of value in that area for us. Uh, looking ahead to one of your opponents next week, uh, the Magic will face Nets GC on Tuesday, June 2nd at 7 p.m. Even though we're currently in week four of remote gameplay, the Nets have actually not played yet, which is kind of crazy. So obviously it's tough to get a feel for them. Uh, their first action comes on Friday of this week against Mavs Gaming. Brooklyn has had to make some changes to its roster due to a couple players violating the player code of conduct I saw, but uh, that actually explains why they haven't played yet. Uh, the expectation is that they will be led by their first round pick in the 2020 draft, Chalk. Uh, one of their retained players actually from, from last year's squad, Shuttles, is from Orlando, so that makes it kind of an interesting twist as far as a storyline added in. But what are your thoughts, Jonah, of the Nets' roster? I know it's a little different than what we were expecting when the season first began, uh, but how do you think they'll mesh together? Yeah, so, I, you know, I think first off, when I look at the Nets, I'm going to look at the the new player they just acquired who will almost certainly be in their lineup when we face them on Tuesday, and that's Chess, um, known, known more in the 2K community as Black Man's Chess. Um, he's the guy I think most considered the top snub on draft day uh, that didn't get picked. I would say him and him and Dirk were those two guys. And, um, you know, chess is a guy that I think will should have been picked and will add instant value to the Nets. I think he's, he's a pretty decent point guard. Um, I don't think he has crazy high upside, but I think he has a high floor and I think he's going to be good from the jump. So uh, we, we are definitely not in for some easy matchup because this is a new kid in the league. I think he's still going to be someone who's going to perform 
right away. Um, Shuttles is obviously a super aggressive center. Uh, we kind of know him very well. Obviously, um, Shuttles is actually a guy we had really high on our, on our draft board going into season two, and we we heavily considered, but went in a different direction with DT, and um, you know, obviously has has been okay so far but um you know we're looking for that nets matchup and you know we're honestly looking more at us than brooklyn and i know that that kind of has been where my head has been at the last the last several games but i just think we have a great opportunity to grow and get better right now and and to come out with something uh, a little different uh lineup wise and and maybe something uh, that most teams don't expect from us may do you know anyone on the nets now i know they have to make some decisions on who they're going to slot in at center I- i'm assuming you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but i would think it's either going to be shuttles or pots would that be fair to say and uh may how would you think you would match up with either of them if that is who they go with uh at center uh well yeah so to answer your first question uh i'm pretty good friends with randoms on their team uh he was someone even we were looking at during the draft this year, but he obviously went early to Brooklyn. And for the center matchup, uh, I assume it'll be Shuttlesworth, but I'm pretty sure we'll see like when they play the Mavs before us, I think this Thursday. So, I mean, we'll all definitely be watching that game pretty closely because, I mean, like you said before, we haven't seen the Nets play uh we haven't really scrimmaged him in a long time because we knew this game was coming up. And also uh, they had some inner team issues clearly because they had a, you know, Rando got suspended for the year and then uh, they had to bring on, on chess. So we'll definitely kind of like, don't really know what they're about to run, but have somewhat of an idea and we'll just watch the Mavs game pretty closely. I know we touched on this, Jonah, either a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. I'm not really sure on this podcast. But the different archetypes for each position, and I know you were elaborating on the fact that for the most part, it's pretty uniform around the league which archetypes are used for each position. But as far as center specifically, what is the archetype that is predominantly used from team to team and which will may likely be on at least for next week? Yeah, so that that archetype is it's called the two way athletic finisher. Um, so essentially, it's it's a it's a build that it can obviously finish inside as well as defend and rebound. Uh, it, you know, as as probably the best defensive and rebounding build uh, on the game um, for for the league build, and uh, it's what you've seen. I think ninety five percent of games so far. I think we've seen a stretch big maybe one or two times. Um, but aside from those kind of niche niche pocket picks, I think that uh, you've seen the two way athletic from everyone in the league so far. Just going around the league a bit, at the same time you guys were playing against the Cavs, uh, Mama on that man put on an all-time great performance. Uh, he scored 77 points in game one against the Bucs. Uh, Portland ended up beating Milwaukee in three games. Uh, the Blazers, as a side note, also defeated the Knicks on Wednesday night. Amazingly, and I didn't realize this until it was mentioned by Dirk and Scott on the broadcast, but... 77 points is not the league record, in case you were wondering. Authentic African scored 84 points in a game for the Grizzlies during season one. However, that came in triple overtime. So depending on how you look at it, I probably would say that Mama on that man's performance is the best of all time because it was in regulation as opposed to being a, a triple overtime contest. 
Uh, considering Mama I'm That Man is the reigning league MVP, maybe we shouldn't be that surprised by his performance. But what are your guys' thoughts of him racking up 77? Yeah, I think uh, Nadal is is pretty incredible. Um, and obviously, I think there's a bit of an asterisk on this one, Josh, because obviously the Bucks held the ball uh, the whole fourth quarter. And I think that yeah, sure. 77 could have easily been 95 if they didn't hold the ball. Um, so that's important context. And obviously, they won this game. I think you know, Authentic African uh, in that performance in triple overtime, they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers in that one, uh, 76ers DC. So um, that is obviously a big part of that, too. You know, I think Nadal's is definitely the best because – um, it comes with a victory as well. May, do you think he's the best player in the league? Uh, well, he's definitely proving it so far that, you know, like he's been one of the most consistent players for three years. Um, that's something I would credit to him the most. Like some players are, you know, they they are good some years and then like elite some years, like, uh, but for him, I'd say, you know, he's been probably the most consistent player throughout all three seasons. Um, you could make an argument this year for, for Kenny as well. He's been playing extremely well with the, the Raptors, but yeah, like, uh, mama's been definitely like killing it on and off the floor. He just had a, his own personal sponsorship and yeah, they've been looking really good. Yeah, I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, and we were trying to figure out what determines whether certain players in the NBA 2K League will be on the rise or the decline. Because in, in, in other sports, like whether it's the NBA or NFL or Major League Baseball, you can always point to physical decline and say, well, he's aging, he's not quite the player he used to be because physically he's not capable of playing at that incredible level like he may have earlier in his career. But with gaming, obviously the physical component doesn't really apply. At least I wouldn't think unless you guys think differently. But what kind of determines whether certain players will ascend while others decline? Is it the league build that really dictates that? Or are there other factors that maybe I didn't account for? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. I think that's that's not so easy to answer simply. Um, I would say there's a number of things, right? I think that the meta of the game and the league build is probably the top on that list, though. And um, I think that that obviously is a huge part of it. And, you know, the reason the doll specifically is so good every year is because he does he moves with his dribbles, of course, but he's known for what, what we call bum moving in the 2K league and 2K community, uh, which is where he moves with his left stick more than anything else. Um, and he's really, really unique in his own movement. And I think there's a there's a reason that him and, and Bear is kind of the other guy I think of that that use that left stick more than anyone else in the league and can find a way to get open. But um, also, I think, you know, like Josh, you mentioned uh, the, the comparison to real sports. I think, you know, there, there are baseball players that don't make a step up, you know, physically, but maybe they get a certain hitting coach that can get them, you know, mentally through a, an issue in their game and all of a sudden they're hitting 325 the next year and it's the best year of their career so um, I think there is a bit of that too sometimes the environment the culture where you're at mentally can obviously impact you greatly and I think can make you have either a bad year or a really good year in some cases last night JBM the first overall pick in the 2020 draft pretty much outplayed OFAB uh, as Washington knocked off Boston 
Uh, obviously, I, I don't know if he's the front runner for the Rookie of the Year award, but he's certainly probably in the top three. You guys maybe have a different opinion on that. But uh, another great point guard showdown occurred in the T-Wolves Gen G series. Both uh, Shifty Kai and Bear to Beast, as you just mentioned before, were extremely good. Uh, Minnesota did sweep that series. Uh, what are your thoughts about some of the league's uh, point guards around the league? Of course, Reezy playing really well for you guys, but uh, throughout the league, we're seeing some pretty spectacular scoring outputs from a lot of these different point guards, uh, some being rookies, some being three-year vets. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say as far as the, the rookie of the year conversation, I would say right now it's probably JBM, Reg, Shifty Kai have to, have to be the top three candidates there and will probably be that way the rest of the season, I would guess. Um, so, I mean, hats off to them. They've all played exceptionally well. And obviously, you know, JBM was victorious against us a few weeks ago in a pretty good game. So, um, but you, you can definitely tell this this league's meta has changed a bit. Um, I noticed someone referenced the other day. I think that, you know, Mama, I'm that man, was the MVP last year. And he averaged 23 points a game last year. And uh, that would be one of the lower marks across the league this season. So clearly the game has changed some. And you'll, you will see teams that have those elite, elite point guards really be great teams this year. The Mom, I'm that man's, the, the O-Fabs probably, um, you know, teams like that where, where guys are just able to, to kind of do it all. You know, I, 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 I want to point at CB13 as the one guy I think has made the biggest step up in his game as, as the guy I would say is, at least in my eyes, the, the favorite to win MVP at the moment. May, now that you're going to be playing center, what's the dialogue like between you and Reezy to make sure your chemistry is optimum? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you guys talk regularly anyway, but does it kind of amplify a little bit now that you guys are going to have to play that two-man game on a more consistent basis? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, one thing I definitely tell Reed is, like, I would want him to be, like, completely transparent with me, like, whatever is on his mind, whether it's, like, me slipping a screen or being in a certain spot in the press like I think that's really important to be on the same page like I know we reference him a lot but like Blazer 5 like I think uh Walnut and Nadal are a very perfect example of that like I think when you watch them play they're just on the same page with each other and I think that's one of the main reasons that they've been a top team for three years straight so it's just basically us being on the same page and um, just knowing each other's like tendencies something really underrated in the nba or college basketball or any other pro league or amateur league in basketball is screening i feel like people don't talk enough about screening i think it's probably the most underrated underappreciated facet of basketball and goes a long way in determining how uh well teams can play offensively and how many open shots can be created. May, how much of an emphasis do you put on screening? Whether it's I'm assuming in this scenario it's more on ball screening, because I don't get the impression we see too much off ball screening in the NBA two K league, but uh setting picks, how important is that for you? Oh yeah, it's definitely as simple as, you know, clicking circle and like aligning your body the correct way on the game, but it's definitely important like I remember this is kind of somewhat off topic but like in the off season when everyone would play like pickups like just with 10 random people that are in the 2k league uh that was one thing that everyone loved having Steez as their center because he just for whatever reason <laughs> set better screens than everyone else so point guards definitely appreciate someone who 
can set a good screen, and it is an underrated trait for some centers. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the insight, guys, as always. Uh, that's about all the time we have for this edition. Once again, thank you to Jonah and May for coming aboard. And remember, uh, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. on the NBA 2K League's YouTube or Twitch channels, you can find the Magic take on Nets GC in a best-of-three series. And uh, we will catch you next week at this time. So thanks so much again for tuning in.